everyone, and welcome to the first podcast in a group of podcasts that I'd like to call the Dr. Olympus series, sponsored by Olympus Labs. This first podcast will be focused on questions asked by users on the web forums uh, known as Anabolic Minds. After this podcast, we'll start having podcasts focused on more specific topics, as well as podcasts addressing uh, questions by users. Our first question is, what do you think of PQQ? Uh, PQQ is essentially a small molecule that acts as a redox agent, meaning it acts as an antioxidant by reducing oxidants. It eventually gets recycled back into glutathione and back into its active form. There's a couple of ideas about this molecule, but I have mixed feelings about it. It supposedly has a lot of promise in in vitro studies, meaning studies done in models like petri dishes, but there aren't really any human trials that are noteworthy. The only thing I could find was that it might enhance mitochondrial function, but what that actually means in human results isn't quite clear. In my opinion, it's a waste of money. Studies in humans fail to positively alter cholesterol levels in healthy humans, and it also doesn't impact blood blood glucose levels. It does have studies in humans showing that if you have poor sleep, it might improve your sleep quality. But again, how well that translates to healthy human studies is unknown. There's better alternatives available, and we'll actually discuss that in a later podcast dedicated on longevity. All right, second question. Are there any specific antioxidants to avoid with ARA, specifically sodium, RALA, uh, C3G, and epicatrin? Oh, that's a pretty interesting question. For those of you wondering, ARA is archidonic acid, which is an omega-6 fatty acid. We'll actually discuss this ingredient in a later podcast when we discuss some of the best natural products on the market. Uh, as for the actual question, the answer is not really. In fact, some studies actually include ARA with antioxidants for various concepts, and although they didn't really quite find the results they wanted, the antioxidants didn't impair how the ARA actually works. Uh, next question. Question three. Honest feedback on latest stims like DHMA, etc., and what would you like to incorporate in the Olympus line lineup? I personally think the newer stims are actually fads that we're going to start seeing phasing out. A lot of people are starting to notice that a lot of these new age stims are either A, not useful for long term because of rapid tolerance, or B, uh, the products that uh, say they have them don't actually have the dose that they claim on the label. A big thing for the future with stims is how the high-tech pharma lawsuit versus the FDA actually goes over. For those of you that don't know, high-tech pharma is suing the FDA over the use of 1,3-dimethylene. As for Olympus Labs, we're actually looking into several new stimulants that are going to be both compliant and effective. I can't really say much more than that other than the new stims are going to be ingredients that aren't used in any supplements beforehand, which is going to be fantastic. Question four. The most beneficial individual ingredients for fat loss? This is a great question, and I'm going to discuss specific uh, ingredients like forscolin, yohimbine, alpha yohimbine. 
olive leaf extract and greens of paradise. Forskolin actually works by increasing C AMP levels. Studies on forskolin shows that it increases rates of fat loss in overweight individuals while also increasing lean muscle mass according to studies created by the patent holders. Uh, forskolin is an excellent choice in my opinion for people that are trying to avoid stimulants and is much easier to come by these days because it's much more affordable than it used to be five years ago when I would say it started getting to be first popular. Um, Yohimbine and alpha-yohimbine are both alpha to adrenergic receptor antagonists that are included in a lot of fat burners, and it's a little bit controversial. Uh, people will often complain about jitteriness, dizziness, and cold sweats from the inclusion of such ingredients, so it's kind of hard to recommend this to someone, but they do honestly work. Um, the main difference between the two is that they have different affinities for the alpha-2 adrenergic receptor. Um, Alpha-yohimbine is a little bit weaker in that sense, so it's not as strong of a stimulant, but it does work for fat burning, and people generally prefer it because they feel less jitteriness than what you get from that regular yohimbine HCL. The most prominent study in yohimbine is a study done in soccer players that were already at a really low body fat percentage. And the reason the study is important is because it shows that yohimbine is actually still effective in reducing body fat percentage, even if you're a lean athlete. Uh, some people do retain water weight while they're using yohimbine, but the water weight usually dissipates after you continue, sorry, after you discontinue use. The third ingredient I want to talk about was olive leaf extract. And it's a personal favorite of mine that I tend to include in pretty much any product I formulate that is stimulant-free in nature. Olive leaf extract can improve thyroid function, which is very important, and can enhance metabolic hormonal function. I also really rate it quite highly as a longevity supplement, which I'll discuss more detail in a later podcast. I should mention, though, if you have some sort of thyroid impairment, I would not use this. I would consult a physician first, as you probably have Hashimoto's autoimmune disorder. And now, finally, Grains of Paradise. Grains of Paradise is not something that's going to be ultra-powerful. It might result in 100 to 200 calories of a loss throughout the day, but that's better than nothing. It works by increasing the metabolic rate in humans by stimulating brown adipose tissue. This actually increases energy expenditure, which is why I was saying you might lose 100 to 200 calories a day. And it has studies showing it reduces visceral fat in humans. Visceral fat is the body fat you'll find around the ab regions, which is traditionally what athletes are trying to lower is body fat, especially on the visceral region, because we all know you want abs. Um, question number five is actually a personal question. And it's, what's my favorite training split and program? Um, for me, I actually like Lane Norton's FAT. It's a bit of an older program, but my opinion is if it works, why use something else? Uh, I personally modified it a bit for my own use. And since I've been using it for a couple of years, I've come to know the program pretty well. And it's always treated me rather well. I like it because of the emphasis on both strength and hypertrophy. And to be fair, 
I'm much more focused on hypertrophy now than I was in the past. I find that the older you get, the more you're concerned about stuff like that and the less you care about strength. Because after a couple injuries, you realize what are you trying to accomplish exactly. And what I'm trying to accomplish is I'm trying to look better. I'm not too concerned about strength. I don't really compete. I'll be honest enough to admit that I'm vain. That's pretty much it. Uh, question number six. What is your opinion on high-dose vitamin C? Uh, I'm assuming you're asking for the same reason that everyone else is asking about vitamin C, which is usually to prevent the common cold. This is a question that's actually well-studied. A Cochrane study review, Cochrane being the gold standard in meta-analyses, is conducted by a very well-respected uh, think tank, found that a high dose of vitamin C actually fails to reduce the incidence of colds in the general population. They did find, however, that regular vitamin C might be useful for people that undergo regular bouts of severe physical exercise, i.e. people listening to this podcast, athletes. The most vitamin C I would take a day is probably one gram, and this is actually due to pharmacokinetic studies in vitamin C showing this is the maximal dose of oral vitamin C that's readily absorbed at one time when you relate it to the level in plasma levels in humans. Taking any more is kind of pointless. You're just going to be wasting your money, and as you know, you're probably going to pee it out later. Question number seven. How much vitamin D during winter months is optimal in the Midwest states? This is a question that invites too many variables. About seven years ago or so, Vitamin D became all the rage, and people were amazed by all the possible benefits coming from using vitamin D. In my opinion, it made people a little bit deluded when it came to what healthy level of supplementation was. And before you knew it, people were recommending crazy doses like 20,000 IU a day. This is staggering when you consider that cancer patients take less than that a week, and that's a dose prescribed to them by an actual doctor, not the internet. Uh... More recent studies have shown that taking too much vitamin D can actually be harmful and not all that helpful to studies, uh, to athletes. So for this question, I'd recommend getting a blood test from your doctor. I know it sounds like it's generic, but that's the only way you can really tell. You're going to be most likely deficient, but you won't know by how much unless you actually get a blood test. And from there, you can figure out your dose. It's better to be safe than sorry. And when I say taking too much vitamin D is not healthy, I don't mean toxicity because you can take quite a bit of vitamin D before toxicity, but I generally mean studies are showing you might gain more body fat. It's not all that great for your overall health. It might impair cholesterol levels. So that's stuff to worry about. Um, question number eight, which is our last question. What are your thoughts on natural supplements and stacks? What's hot and what's not? And I guess you could do a podcast on this alone, but I'd love to hear your input on common and not so common supplements for natural athletes. This is actually a fantastic question. And like you said, since this is such a fantastic question, I could actually make an entire podcast about this, and I actually will. Uh, for the podcast, I'm going to talk about several ingredients and products that I find to be quite useful. I'll rate them in terms of how useful I think and at what point you should use them. And I'll go in quite a bit of detail about how the products actually work. 
So that's pretty much it for this podcast, you guys. Thanks for listening. This podcast was meant to be short to A, kind of get the point across of what we're going to be talking about, and B, to get it into the Apple Store for podcasts. The next podcast is going to be all about natural supplements and which ones I think are best. And the podcast after that will feature on diets with an emphasis on ketogenic diets since there's so many questions about that. A lot of people are asking very specific questions about keto diets and they're also asking about cutting, bulking, and intermittent fasting. So I think it'd be great to do a whole special on that and we could probably get at least half an hour in on that, which I think is a pretty good amount of time for content. Thanks for listening in and I hope you tune in. And this is the Dr. Olympus series part one ending. Thank you.